Hello and welcome to Ignition, a production of Sky City Entrepreneur Center, Conversations with Blunt County Starters. I'm Shannon, Sky City's Community Manager and host of Ignition. Sky City is a nonprofit business incubator located right here in Blunt County, Tennessee. We work to help new businesses launch and existing businesses thrive, enriching and uplifting our community. So this is a chain reaction podcast with today we have our previous guest, Marcus Blair, owner of Omega Digital Solutions, chatting with Kyle Perkins, founder of Rosewood Virtual Tours and spring 2022 graduate of co-starters at Sky City. Guys, welcome and thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, I'm glad you made it. This is actually the first time I've ever been on this side of the podcast. So this will be interesting for me to be asking asking the question. So I hope you have a lot of good answers. You're gonna need to carry this conversation. Well, I brought brought my notes because I knew you would be interrogating me. So I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna be here, but y'all just um, I might interject every now and again. But y'all just I think um, we should leave that. Have a have a conversation. All right, Kyle. So you started Rosewood Virtual Tours, right? So. Walk me through what Rosewood does and uh, how, how'd you actually get into it? Well, um, Rosewood is a, uh, a virtual tour business uh, that may not uh, resound for everybody. So you've probably heard them called 360 tours, 3D tours. You've seen them in real estate. You've seen them in Google Street View, Google Maps. But really what we do is we unleash businesses spaces, whether you're a hospitality resort or you're a small business, we come in and we create a digital clone or one of those other names. They're all, uh, they're all synonymous. And uh, we, we help businesses put their best foot forward using their space, not only to perform what they're best at, but to show their clientele how they do it. So when I, when I first got a um, a Facebook Oculus, you know, the, you have those tours you can do. Mm. Well, I guess it's a three 360 picture. Yeah. But you put it on and you're instantly transported to the Himalayas or something. And so you're like kind of floating in space and you're looking around and you can, but you can see in three, in three dimensions, you can see above you and below you and, and all around. Is that? That's similar? exactly what we do. Okay. So how would... How would I use this? Like, what kind of businesses do you typically want to work with? Well, um, that was a that was a really long journey for us to get there. We're still, well, walk me through it. We're still I, in the I want to know how to put this into practice. So originally, I thought uh, real estate. Real estate is probably the the hottest thing ever. Well, uh, in the middle of COVID, real estate virtual tours were were very applicable. But as the market started to uh, started to unleash itself, uh, when you could basically someone told me you could take a picture with a potato and sell the house. So at that point, <laughs> at that point I realized that real estate was probably not the market for me. Okay. So that's an interesting question. So the, the main purpose of the 3d tour in the house was to help the marketing, but then the demand got to such a point where marketing and real estate is kind of an afterthought because people are just throwing money at houses and then your market evaporates. Absolutely. So is our 3D tours mostly used for marketing or are they used for some other function? 3D tours can be used for uh, basically any sort of 
interactive experience you want your clients to have. Uh, marketing is the first thing that comes to most people's minds, but they can be used uh, for educational components. So if you think about training in places that are either inaccessible or uh, not safe to train in, think about a nuclear reactor. You don't want to take new nuclear engineers and have them playing around in the reactor. It's not very safe and it could be uh, very dangerous for everyone around. So what we could do is come in and take a... Uh, so you're going to go into the reactor instead? We're going to go into the reactor uh, before they fuel the reactor in a very safe <laughs> and uh, coordinated manner. <laughs> But it's only one person that has to do it. What about for navigation? If you're trying to get people through a complicated building, and they say this room is here, that room is there, that sort of app. Absolutely, we are. Uh, we're in the process of doing one of those jobs for a large government entity in the near future. So they have uh, they have a big facility, and we're going to embed a map of that facility on their website and using this map they'll be able um, people that are coming to visit this government building will be able to select specific areas where they wish to go and stand in that location just like your oculus in the himalayas mm. and so you, that's very similar to like google street view then too it is but it's more interactive we can collect analytics on it which google street view you have very very little so depending on the purpose of the tour it's got a lot more customizable features we can do branding we can have call outs to direct individuals to specific locations you can have sound files basically any digital asset that you can think of can be embedded in one of these tours i'm uh, i'm still thinking about your nuclear reactor though right so if you're if you have a a, a 3d tour inside of a nuclear reactor and you can use it in VR, then I see like a training application in that. Absolutely. So like in, in VR, I could move around and, well, break things without nuking myself. Absolutely. You could go through and you could even have a, um, what is called a SCORM testing application in the back what? end of it. SCORM? SCORM. Uh, I'm not certain of the acronym, actually. That's an acronym? It's I was a, like, I don't know what that is. It's a, it's an acronym that is... Uh, it's a platform, basically, a way to administer testing in a digital format. It's a standard. I just want will. to say that SCORM sounds like a Star Wars character. Um, Maybe that's why I'm excited <laughs> had, about it. I had to add it in. Um, Y'all are getting very engineery. Um, Take Kyle, it back. Kyle, I hear that you were the valedictorian of your graduating class at Heritage High School. I was. I'm very curious how you that. how you found that out. Uh, I don't typically advertise it because I think that opportunity could have been afforded to uh, to anybody that that worked hard. You know? <laughs> so but, you're from you're from Walland. Walland. Walland, Tennessee. Yeah. It's in between Townsend and the outskirts of Maryville. Mm -hmm. It's we call it the Gap of the Mountain. Mm -hmm. So you'll go in uh, on. 321 going towards uh, what most people would be going to is Townsend or Cates Cove and you'll see two large mountains and you'll go in between them and then that is Walland. Awesome. Um, you told me I was getting engineering. You were so getting was... you were getting a little bit engineering. That's fine. I, I get it. I do that. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I mean there, there's a there's a place for engineering and then there's a place for story um, and we could have balance. Balance is good. Yeah balance is good. We just got, we, I get so excited about this technology and that, um, 
that is both a problem and a uh, awesome benefit because cool. there's there's so many people, so many industries, so many ways that you can implement this technology and benefit folks. It's not just an advertising tool, but starting small has been where I found the most success. So why would it be a bad thing that you get passionate about it? Well, you can, uh, it's not a bad thing to get passionate about it. It's a bad thing to act on every single passion you have about it. Elaborate. So if you're, uh, today we may be talking about nuclear reactors. Tomorrow we may be talking about uh, accessibility where folks in wheelchairs can't go see national parks of the world and then the day after so on and so forth. We come up with so many ideas. There's only so much time in the day. So we have to start out small and focus on where our market is. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll just be running in circles with a new idea every day. How do you narrow that down? Like, what's your focus now? My focus now is someone who can use this asset year in and year out, not just someone who's selling a house. And when that house is sold, it's done. I want to make the, we need to make the biggest impact for us to provide the value that we know is possible through the tours for our clients. So you need something that's going to be a permanent fixture, not just like a flash in the pan. That makes sense. And two, that would be a more uh, profitable endeavor because if if it's, and it'd be a lot lower volume too, because if you're just doing like house tours and the house sells and you just got to be constantly just turning out projects, turning out projects. Certainly. Yeah. So the, the, the name of the game here is to provide the most value. So you need to be able to establish a, a long running relationship with someone or with a institution like a government or a resort or something like that, where they'll be able to use the tours on an ongoing basis. That is the plan. Okay, so you said you were from Wallen and you graduated from Heritage High School. What happened next? Well, I uh, through my my time at Heritage High School, I realized that I I liked engineering. I had a uh, an engineering class that exposed us to all sorts of different types of mechanical, electrical, architectural engineering, and I, I found my passion there. My high school teacher Sam Warwick, he got us involved with TVA. My myself and my best friend Alex we were the first two cabinet drafters in East Tennessee to uh, go into TVA as high school students and work uh, uh, work to electrify old drawings they had made so that was a really special and exciting experience into the engineering world so after you work at TVA I assume you got an engineering degree I did I went to Tennessee Technological University or Tennessee okay. Tech as it's broadly known. Okay, so you have an engineering degree and now you work making virtual tours. How did, did, did the engineering degree help you do this? Or is it just something that you had a, a passion for and you just decided to get into later in life? The degree gave me a lot of opportunities to do that. So I, I worked in automotive engineering, similar to yourself, for about 10 years. And uh, in my role, I designed robots and PLCs that made the parts. So I did a lot of fiddly, techie things, figuring out problems that most people wouldn't have to deal with on a day-to-day basis or expect. So that, that kind of, that gave me the, um, 
it made me inquisitive. It pulled out my inquisitive nature and showed me that I could find problems and solve them effectively. So uh, that that combined with uh, a big life event, which I think is pretty common in people that are thrust into entrepreneurship or have the entrepreneurial seizure, if it were my uh, <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> my my daughter was was born. We were driving around in uh, in the car one day for her to go to sleep. I was listening to Rich Dad Poor Dad on audiobook, and I realized at that point that I didn't have to fall into the guardrails that society had already put up for me. You know, I'd spent, man, at that point, I probably had 14, 15 years into my degree and my career. Like if you think about taking a math class every single semester from, from middle school to a four-year degree in college and then working at a, uh, working at a career for another uh, close to 10 years at that point, mm-hmm. there, there's maybe even 20 years of time that I put into that. So everything was going along pretty well. Right. You're working in automotive engineering. You have this inciting event triggered by rich dad, poor dad. And so now your your trajectory changes. You go into business for yourself. And then two years later, you went public. You bring the bell on Wall Street and now you're retired. Right? <laughs> Call me in two years. <laughs> How's it gone? We well, I've I've learned a lot of hard lessons. I was thinking about it the other day and this has not been the easy path this is definitely the path least traveled but i keep traveling and going towards selling my business publicly one of these days (laughs) because i see the end i know where we're going to end up i know that i'm going to be successful in anything i do i don't even know if i'm going to be successful in this but this is just building experiences that are going to add to my value as a person to as a as a contributing piece of society and if i can make that world better for folks that have to live in it with me then i've done my job at the end of the day have you ever had that moment where you go home at night and you remembered what it was like to have like health insurance and a paycheck and you lay there in bed and you kind of stare at the ceiling and you're like am i really doing the right thing have you ever had that moment it's always a shadow. It's not just at night. It's just a shadow looking around the corner. Oh my god! <laughs> but oh, that's so. But it. it wow. <laughs> you have to have. Yeah. It's not for the. It's not for the weak of heart. Yeah. You have to have tenacity if you're gonna go do this. Okay. And that's that's why you keep going. If you don't have that tenacity, you shouldn't do it. Okay. Have you ever had a moment where whatever you just did, you just push back from your desk and you spin around in your chair and knock your monitor in the floor and throw your hands up and be like, I am the greatest thing since sliced bread. All of you should listen to what I have to say because you just had, because you had a victory, like you had a win. I saw one just last week. It does. It, it happens and it's happening more frequently now. So this is in October will be my second year in entrepreneurship and it happens more and more the longer that I'm doing it. I think entrepreneurship, it's a series of highs and it's a series of lows. And and sometimes they come annoyingly close together, <laughs> right? I, I can remember sitting 
out in front of uh, out in front of my office in the car, like physically sick to my stomach because I didn't know how I was going to make payroll in two days. And then there's been other times where you hang up the phone with someone and they write you a check for something and you just be like, I've got this. Right. How do you how do you keep yourself on an even keel? How do you keep your family on an even keel? Yeah, I mean, it takes a supportive household, right? It it really does. It takes uh, not just your household, but I think it's it's who you surround yourself with. So I chose my my office location, which happens to be in Sky City, because of the people that I'm going to see on a daily basis. The people that are going to be my that I know I can count on to be my support structure and lift me up. My my wife has been awesome through the whole process. Uh, imagine her face when I was like. Hey, honey, I'm going to uh, basically leave this six-figure career with the best benefits you can find anywhere around and start my own company. And she had, in her mind, she had, we're going to pay our house off by November. This was in 2022, I guess. 2022. Yeah, 21. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. 21. So we were going to pay our house off in, in December. And I told her I was going to leave my job and, and start a business. And she hasn't left me yet. And we just, <laughs> we just celebrated last weekend, our seventh anniversary. Oh, congrats. Oh, that's awesome. But uh, um, to summarize what you're saying, having people around you, the people that you want to be is, is essential, is crucial. Like if you can have the, what is it? The five, seven people that you have in your circle, is the composite of who you are. I firmly believe that. Really? I've actually never heard that before. Yeah, say that again. You are the composite of a handful of people that you surround yourself with the most. So say you're the composite of the seven people that you interact with the most. Because as humans, our nature is to reflect... Okay, every listener is thinking about the seven people they interact with. You should be. You should be, and you should be kicking somebody... So I had to tell last night not to scream at whatever video game he was playing. Um, let's all make our list. Yeah, we're all making <laughs> mental lists. Who do I interact with the most? Am I really a composite of these people? That's super interesting. Do you remember where you got that from? I don't. Maybe we can find it because maybe that's homework. If we have listeners like, hey, if you've ever heard this before, please send us in the in. comments and tell us where this idea came from because it's it's amazing. That's an amazing idea. And it's probably accurate because these are the people that you would naturally be attracted to. So there's got to be some some piece of them that mm-hmm. you relate to in a very strong sort of a way. That's so interesting. I was going to ask you, 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 um, you said that Rich Dad, Poor Dad created an, an inciting event for you, right? Yes. Have you read other books that had a profound effect on you? Because I, I think every entrepreneur needs a good library. Absolutely. Well, uh, we we are reading, as you very well know, but our audience doesn't, this book called Sell Like Crazy. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. By um, Sabri, Sabri Subi. Yeah. And that that's a really powerful one. Um, it's also uh, not remiss for me to say that The E-Myth is a really good book, especially if you're you're starting out your journey, but always remember, uh, you can read a ton of books, but if you don't do anything with what you read in the books, then everything is static there. So I would more, more so I would encourage entrepreneurs to read a book, 
and learn from the book and then put it into practice versus just going and reading 5,000 books about how somebody else won. Oh, yeah. If we did that, it would just be college, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So we are out of time. Shannon, please close us out. Um, Kyle, did you have anything else that you would like to add that you were just like, boy, I want them to ask me about this, but we didn't get to? I think you 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 covered a lot of it. Um, I'm not I'm not one to talk about myself a lot, but if there's anybody out there that wants to come and talk about their business, I I always enjoy talking about other entrepreneurs and seeing how they uh, they envision their business going and offering any support that I can. And people can find you at Rosewood Virtual Tours on all the places on the internet. They can, and I have a lovely desk in the corner of Sky City that is always open. Next to a window, because that's important. Next to a window, yeah. All right. Well, Marcus and Kyle, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. We, as always, appreciate your insight. And I hope that you, the audience, will join us next time when Kyle, our friend Kyle here, will be taking the lead on a conversation with another yet-to-be-announced guest. Thank you so much. This has been Ignition a Chain Reaction podcast production of Sky City Entrepreneur Center, produced by Epic Nine Outfitters. Find Sky City at skycityec.com or on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.